Hey there, this is a live episode, and we can't really do those without your help. Airfare and lodging and things like that. So, I would like to thank the following people who gave to our Patreon. Christopher Church, Kai Zastrutsky, Tyler Humphreys, Gerald Carradine, and Jack Connolly. Thank you so much. If you would like to be like these people, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week is a special presentation of our live show from the Portland Retro Games Expo of 2018. And and hold on to your mortar boards. I know some of you are saying, hey, hey, <laughs> it's supposed to be Blood and Wine. <laughs> hey, jerks, it's supposed to be The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. Yeah, that's what, uh, we, that's what we said. Uh, but then life happens. But we're liars. Oh, yeah. That, that's a better answer than <laughs> what I was going to say. The, um, but we, we are, life happens to, to liars and truth tellers alike. Yes. Uh, and, and happened to us, uh, just like, uh, a series, like some of it was for, foretold, you know, <laughs> in the I guess spheres. In, in the stones and in, in the spheres, some of it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and stuff. So like the, uh, Cole, you got real sick. Uh, yes, incredibly so. It was the strongest that Con Crud has ever hit me. Yeah, he. It was. It was pretty. It's pretty intense. Yeah. So, and probably astute listeners will probably hear some edited out coughs if you listen really hard. Mm, yeah. I can always hear that when other podcasts do it, and I, I bet <laughs> you, I bet you can hear it when we do it too. Possibly. Possibly, even though those cough drops seem to be to be doing good. But yeah, Cole got very sick. Um, and for people who have not been following the the duck feed meta. Uh, Cole also moved very recently, yes. which took up playing in advanced time. Um, I moved as well, and I didn't know I was going to move when I did, which was just the, just this week. I just got my computer set up like an hour <laughs> before we recorded or recording now, um, and I didn't know exactly when I was going to move. It just ended up being the time that made the most sense. Yes. So I had some extra time. I could have possibly like crammed the game and moved a different time, but that would have involved additional expense and inconvenience that uh, didn't make sense. And we had an episode that we're sitting on. And uh, if anybody, uh, you know, so I don't want anybody to feel bad about this. I don't think you will, because this will ultimately result in an additional episode about a game that was not on the schedule. Yes. So originally this live show was supposed to go out in January uh, as we made time for Christmas, but instead you will get a whole new game then as well. The, mm -hmm. where, where we're getting that extra uh, time from, we are no longer borrowing a week from November for Baldur's Gate 2. Instead, mm -hmm. uh, there will be four episodes about Baldur's Gate 2, and then at the end of the fourth episode, that's when we'll do responses. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so the uh, uh, 
just uh, it, it, it should it should not make too big of a difference on your your behalf. And we're still getting to blend wine, and we still like it and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not the case yeah. either. It's just time. It's yeah, it's, uh, it's it's my first go with it, and it's big, but it's also incredibly good. So yeah, it's longer than than I remembered as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so th- so we're going to talk about our live episode, but as is the tradition for our live episodes, we're going to talk a little bit about just the experience mm-hmm. uh, and stuff of doing the, the show. This is the, the seventh year we've tabled at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, um, the sixth year we've done a live show mm-hmm. there, and uh, both of which uh, the tabling was a little bit remarkable because of just uh, I think it was a very positive tabling experience. Yeah, extremely so. And the live show is a bit experimental, as you will hear. Yes. So um, this is just the week and and kind of the season for us changing plans. Initially, we had announced this as as being a live episode about Super Smash Brothers Melee. However, we had a bit of a revelation for ourselves. And I'm now forgetting if we explain this during the episode. Oh, we do. We do. Um, We do, but we can explain it now anyway, just for for giggles. Yeah. Uh, No shits. (laughs) <laughs> shits and giggles you know there's just one of those you want yeah like you don't have to explain something for shits and giggles you can just explain it for giggles yeah or, or for yeah. shits of everybody's being or, yeah bad. We'll, we'll explain it for shits yeah let's explain this for shits <laughs> the um so we we're gonna do that uh but then we realized that it was gonna be another one of our episodes uh where there is a primary mode of playing this game that we don't engage with um similar to our team fortress 2 episode yes you know where we play that but we were not master uh fraggers mm-hmm. um we we still we play that game we played it against other people and everything but we were interested in kind of the fluff and the lore and stuff and we just realized you know if, if there's if there's us who who play this game like this like we both like smash brothers i think we've both played every entry in the series um we're both looking forward to the new one um you know and we still like those even though we don't like playing fighting games against people um, that is a perspective that's worth exploring, and we cannot be literally the only two people on Earth like that. Yeah. So you will know this by the episode title when it downloaded, but we have titled this whole presentation, Playing Games Wrong. Yes. Yep. And it is, again, uh, similar to any of our topics episode, it is a real survey course. There mm-hmm. is more uh, that can be said about this. Yes. Um, but we touch on, at least briefly, a lot of kind of uh, themes of emergent gameplay and creating your own kind of metagame within games mm-hmm. and then playing modes that are uh, obviously intended. You know, the uh, the single player smash is created by the, the developers. There's subspace emissary and such, but uh, is maybe not considered to be the most serious or most considered mode by the community. Yeah, um, it is considered to be a frivolity, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, we talk a little bit about taking those things seriously. Mm hmm. Um, so is experiment, I think it went pretty well. I think so too. Um, I I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun and I watched a little bit of it. It's, um, there's video of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, our, our boy Hans from Portland Hunter Gaming Expo, uh, who, if, if anybody's listening to this, don't, don't have him added on YouTube. You should, because in, uh, during the off season when it's not Portland Retro Gaming Expo, every once in a while he goes and sees like yellow nice, and post a really high quality video of uh, yellow. And I'm like, what's this (laughs) yellow video in my feed? Like, nice. Oh, cool. You know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Hello. Oh, there goes Mr. Knight. Later. <laughs> yeah. Later. Bye, bye, Mr. Knight. The, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, yeah, so I think it went pretty well. It's a, you know, it it's an experiment for us. We might do things like this in the future at live shows. We might do kind of our traditional, like pick a short game. We don't know. 
Um, it will just kind of depend on reaction to this, but we feel pretty good about it, and hopefully you do too. The reaction uh, at the scene was also very good as well. Yeah, uh, people people liked it. Yeah. So. Um, um, and I hope you enjoy it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the booth. Uh, do we want to do that now or afterwards? Oh, we can talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Well. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So uh, everybody take a listen to this, and then we'll be back to talk about the booth afterwards. Watch out for fireballs. Um, how many people here know who we are before they showed up? Yeah, that's very sweet. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And some people are here who don't by process of elimination. We're just kind of taking a chance on us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, thank you. I think you'll know quickly whether it's good. <laughs> the, uh, so you might, you might hate it and it won't hurt our feelings. Yeah. If you leave, don't slam the door. Like, don't say why you're leaving. Don't do like a Jerry Maguire and say, who's coming with me? Yeah, yeah. Please don't, uh, don't, don't, don't poach. If you have your own panel, please, sir, <laughs> earn you. your own audience. <laughs> don't, we worked seven years for this, so don't, uh, please don't take this from us. It's um, our big shot. Yeah, this is our, this is our shot of the big one. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to, uh, we record these and we put these out as well. So we're going to um, open the show like we're doing the live podcast, which means um, I'll say my name, Cole, I'll say his name. Um, we can just we can just do it. We don't have to tell them. No, no, but I'm going to tell them to make a noise. So it's oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. No, I know. Okay. Uh, the, so, and then we'll introduce the show, and then when we say like what what you're listening, what it is, and stuff, you guys can make noise. So then it shows up on the recording. Yeah. And it'll sound like we're big shots. Everybody <laughs> clap for two. Um, if you actually if you clap on your legs, it's the equivalent of two people clapping. So just so you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome to the weirdest episode we've ever done. <laughs> it's uh, So, Cole, what, what do we usually do? Who are we? Well, we are a Games Club podcast, which is uh, what everybody who came to the booth heard us say many, many times. Usually we play a game um, front to back, then talk about it front to back. Even at these live shows, we pick a game that is particip participation friendly. Um, and we tried to do that this time. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, plans changed. Yeah, we, we decided to... The original idea was to do Smash Brothers. Uh, fighting games work well for this format. There's not tons of lore. Um, you know, we could, I mean, like, we, we could talk about that stuff. And we realized when we were prepare, preparing for the show, neither of us like playing Smash Brothers against other people. <laughs> uh, and that's the main way people play Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, so we could have gotten somebody who is very good at competitive Smash Brothers and asked them questions and done kind of an interview... But we kind of decided uh, we enjoy it just because we don't play this game right doesn't mean we enjoy it less. Right. Uh, we, we still, still have a good amount of fun with it. Yeah. We still, like, we follow the series. I think I own all of them that have come out. Like, I, I like the series. So that made us think, um, what does it mean to play a game wrong? Does it matter? Um, you know, what does, it, what does it mean to play a game right? And start thinking in those lines. Um, so this episode is going to kind of be an experiment that's a little bit more of an editorial uh, than an actual examination of a particular game. So yeah, yeah. So, so what uh, what does it mean to play a game wrong? 
Well, to play a game right means that a game's designer uh, has an intended way for you to engage with it. They have laid out a series of things for you to do, and there's a contract between you and that designer as a player that you do exactly what they say, right? Well, there's that, or the player base decides that there is a way for you to play the game, as is the case with Smash Brothers. Obviously, Nintendo has included a single-player campaign in a lot of those games, but the player base, there's a way that it is played. Yeah, um, and we're here to tell you that that is a fake idea. Yeah, there is um, no contract. There is no contract. Uh, it is invisible. It doesn't exist. There are no game plays. No one's going to stop you from playing however you like. <laughs> um, and there are a bunch of different examples of this, and everyone does this all the time. And anyone who tries to stop you is a gatekeeping asshole, and they shouldn't. Yes. Also, we swear on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, so this goes back, you know, a long ways. Nobody plays Monopoly, right? Nobody does that auction stuff, even though that makes the game go faster. Calvin Ball is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Even before video games, we all just make up our own rules. Yep. Um, you know, so one of the ways that we do play games wrong is we take these pieces that the developers have given us and treat it like a toy. <laughs> um, we're doing something they either couldn't, didn't, or chose not to foresee that we would do. Um, this articulates in a couple different ways. There are probably people who are screaming in their head and they're thinking, this is emergent gameplay. Uh, we're going to talk about that in yes. a moment. You're probably also screaming, wait a minute, you're taking the game and you're doing something wrong with it, but also the speed runs, right? Sequence yep. breaking, glitches, any of those kind of things also fall broadly under this category. Yes, and we're not going to talk about those in depp. Uh, we're not speedrunners. No. And uh, I have never successfully performed a glitch in a game. I know <laughs> there's, there's YouTube channels yeah. that I watch, but that's not uh, what we do. So this is yeah. going to be a cursory kind of look at this. The closer version that I've done is a drinking game. <laughs> right. Yeah, can you elaborate on what the specifics of that are? Uh, not, a little, not in general. Specifics of the drinking so. games you've done for gaming, not yeah. just... It all began with the invention of me, but nothing like that. See? So somebody came upon some rotten fruit one day. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. So. I stumbled upon a prison toilet. <laughs> and the, uh, there happened to be some ketchup in the back. <laughs> yeah. So I want to preface this by saying this is not the kind of person that I am, but I've obviously done this. So, yes, this is the person that I am. Back in college... I went to college after Wii Sports came out, okay, mm -hmm. um, and had some buddies from high school in, and, you know, we were underage drinking like you do, and we had a case of natural ice. Who here has had natural ice? So it is it's like beer. It's better than regular ice. <laughs> um, it's like beer, but plus. It's like canned malt liquor. It's yeah. no good. So we decided, because we wanted to get as drunk as quickly as, as, as drunk as possible, as quickly as possible, every time we don't bowl a strike and we bowling, well, we'll just drink the entire thing. We didn't finish the game. <laughs> he stands before you, folks. <laughs> Still. He, he did not yeah. die. But like uh, Dark Souls, Drunk yeah, yeah. Souls, Dr right? Drunk Souls, where you, you die when you, uh, you take a drink when you die. Yeah. Like, I've done that before, um, and that's uh, obviously not the way it is, quote-unquote, intended. <laughs> right. Um, but it's modifiers, doing something additional with the game, right? Yes, yeah, doing things uh, outside that system, um, various forms of playing with the box. Um, that, you know, expression means, you know, game, or a toy came in a box, and the kid plays with the box. Yep. Or a cat toy came in a box, and the cat goes in the box. Uh, <laughs> as a, so uh, we kind of mentioned speedrunning uh, challenge runs. So these are self-imposed challenges. Um, some, and there are varying degrees of how... The kind of intentionality or foreseeableness this has. So something we talked about, we did an episode on Doom 2, and that game, like very early on, made for speedruns. At the end of every level, you get a completion percentage and it's speed uh, that you've done that. So it feels very tailored for that. Um, but playing it, uh, you know, without switching weapons is something yeah. that the player imposes upon themselves to add fun or challenge 
and the alchemy between those things. Final Fantasy games, you know, either single class challenges, yeah. um, you know, going back to Final Fantasy one, even making your own rules on top of that. Sometimes this even changes the course of a series, right? Um, I don't know. Did Doom one? Ha- I forget. Did Doom one have the stats at the mm-hmm. end of it? Yeah, it's yeah. from Wolfenstein. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, uh, Smash Brothers, people, you know, Nintendo saw people were playing it competitively, so they said, well, let's just give them this boring-ass mode that has no items and shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Smash Brothers, so the reason why Smash Brothers is such a perfect game uh, springboard to talk about this is because Smash Brothers um, is a game that is balanced, but things that unbalance it rain from the sky. (laughs) Like, if you just start playing it, so imagine Mario Kart where just blue shells came down. (laughs) That's what Smash Brothers is out of the box. Right. And instead, people have become very good at it and just play it as a very straight-laced fighting game, which is also fine. Like, it is that is an opposite example of people making things more challenging for themselves, uh, taking it, making it more simple to, yeah. uh, in order to enjoy it in, in spite of, is kind yeah. of a strong word, but in spite of the developer intentions. Yeah, um, and sometimes, you know, people finding a, you know, a crack in the gameplay's code um, becomes a whole new feature later on. Uh, example would be Starsea's Tribes. Uh, originally meant to be a game that was slow, you know, methodical, vehicle-based, things like that. People figured out how to move really, really fast just by skiing, by like taking advantage of the jump physics. Tribes 2 was all about that. They just mm-hmm. made a game about that feature. Yep. Um, there's also kind of a related idea um, of this, which is easy modes or tourist modes or no-death modes, um, things like that, playing Bioshock with the uh, Vita Chambers on as opposed to off, things like that. And, you know, we're going to keep hammering this. Uh, don't let anyone ever tell you that's bad. Right. Um, you know, we uh, so for people who don't know us, we did a podcast for a long time called Bonfireside Chat, which was kind of like the Dark Souls podcast. And people who know Dark Souls um, probably know that the community in Dark Souls, many aspects of it are very good. There is a high level of toxicity in that community, and it involves uh, gatekeeping. Like, get good. Um, you're not you know only noobs use a shield. Don't summon. You're not really playing if you do, if you do this. Um, all of that is nonsense. Your, like, your worth as a person or uh, as a person who plays games is not dependent on whether you play a game in a particular way. It's, it's not right? even your worth as a person. Your yeah. experience playing the game. Yeah. So what people who do that, when people tell you there's a right way to play a game that involves challenge, when they say you're not getting an optimal experience, they are operating under the logical fallacy that it is a choice for you between an optimal and a suboptimal experience when in fact the choice is what they consider to be a suboptimal experience and no experience. <laughs> because if you can't do this thing to play the game the way you're going to enjoy it, you're not going to play it. Uh, they're being uh, incredibly condescending and patronizing to you. And uh, don't be friends with people who do that. And if people do it online and you see them doing it, tell them to stop. Yes. Uh, it sucks. And uh, we heard a lot of it because, uh, you know, there's a Dark Souls game we didn't like. Uh, and uh, people said that was because we thought it was too hard, and uh, that was dumb. And they were wrong, and I'm here to say it. Uh, so uh, emergent gameplay is, a, is another kind of word for that. That is a more general term for gameplay that emerges from systems. Um, yeah. There's a really good GDC talk uh, from a couple of the guys who made Thief and Deus Ex that talk about this. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about that just a little bit uh, here. It's not specifically what we want to talk about as far as doing single-player uh, modes for multiplayer games, but uh, it's worth touching on for a bit. Yes. Um, Emerging gameplay is a term that contains multitudes. Um, It is descriptive. uh, However, any given person is probably going to describe uh, something different with it. Uh, Also, it is going to be used as a back-of-the-box buzzword. So we need to dive in a little bit to what we're talking about when we refer to emerging gameplay. And a lot of an ex- a game that is oftentimes used as an example for this, uh, for that kind of first form that is systems driven, is Deus Ex and Deus Ex likes. 
Um, that means a lot of your player verbs and kind of your posture and possibility space is defined by these systems interacting in ways that the developers did not necessarily foresee. Um, so a real classic example of that is using lambs, which are the sticky grenades in that. Um, you can climb on those. Uh, they don't blow up when you set them, and they actually are an object, so you can climb up uh, the thing. The developers never thought that. Um, there's a great example of uh, there are little spider bots in the game, and you can dominate them. They gave you this power of bot domination. They thought you would use it to hack security bots. People were using spider bots to blow open doors. Um, if you possess a spider bot, walk it up to the door, unpossess it, and shoot it, it blows up the door. And they were like, this is great. We never foresee this, foresaw this. This is just the systems working together in a way that is true to the fiction of the world. Um, is a really good example of uh, that kind. Yes, that particular kind. You know, the creating an open situation and then just giving you an option for how to approach it. Yep, and that is a way that is, you know, in kind of a definition, is using those tools to do things that are within the bounding box of the goals of the game. Um, so that is advancing the game, getting through those locks, something you want to do. What most people think about when they think about emergent gameplay, though, is just fucking around. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there, there's a concept on something awful, which is the message board where we met, uh, and it is uh, of asshole physics. Like, <laughs> you know, going things like torturing the Roombas in, uh, in Deus Ex. <laughs> yes. Uh, picking up cans and throwing them at the guards in Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 is a physics-based game, you know, just anything like this. Uh, pick, you know, making sure that nothing that was standing up at the beginning of the stage is still standing at the end of it. You know, making your own games within the games throughout the course of playing. Mm -hmm. um, some early examples of that uh, kind, uh, even pre-video game that I can think of just personally, um, when I was younger, me and my cousins, uh, we had action figures, and we had, you know, Crushtor the Barbarian and Volthar the, like, Demon Lord and stuff, and all we ever did was set up towns and make them run shops. Uh, so it was a grid that we had on the carpet of, like, Volthar, the clothing uh, demon, and uh, Crushtar, the, 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 you know, insurance barbarian. And we just have them walk up to each other and talk and, like, haggle. Uh, and that was by no means intended with those toys. That was the first time I ever thought about having my own fun outside of the kind of stated intent. Uh, with this. Back when I was, you know, because, because I'm a person who was unstuck in time, I actually did play with the little green army men. He's younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so the, uh, just so you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just, yeah. you just have them and you do that. Yeah. It's, it's, you have them. Well, no, you don't. Your parents buy you them. Yeah. Because you ask for them. Because you didn't want cooler toys. <laughs> So, I had them. They were around. I don't no. know. That's, that's how that works. Wait, so, yeah, around. All right, they just grew in the yeah, kind of the yeah, ground. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It sucked lining them up against a battle and going, bah, 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 bah. like you set up like a mash unit and just had them like, you know, solve military problems. <laughs> you know, I'm familiar with how they're supposed to, I know what green men are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. like I know. Oh, you're yeah. young. Well, you you yeah. act like you acted like it. <laughs> what, uh, what was the fun emergent? What's the on topic way you use those, Cole? What's that? What's the on topic way you line them up in a row and go that's what they're intended to do oh, no. that's not emergent game no play. that's oh, the, that's oh. the on topic way oh, to okay. do that well, the, oh, so what would you do what, what did that? i do i just like i set them up like it was like we're back at base like it was jarhead or something okay what are we gonna see combat man i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> like for people who've seen jarhead that's mostly about military guys uh betting each other how many times they can masturbate before they get bombed <laughs> again that's what a lot of that movie is about <laughs> Most yeah, of that movie. yeah that's, that's most of that movie. It's two hours. Um, the, uh, so this this kind of like playing with these things outside of that. Another way too, another example, real quick. And I wanted to make sure I, I brought it up. 
Um, so Tony Hawk, the Tony Hawk games come with skate park creators. And uh, me and my friends, what we would do is we'd create a rail in the middle of a thing with two ramps on either side, and we would joust. Uh, you'd start from the middle, you'd go out, you'd go up the, the, the ramp, and then you'd jump on the rail and then see who knocked the other person off in the middle. Um, and we always called it jousting because we misspelled it when we named the park. So we'd be like, do, do we want to play Tony Hawk's Pro Jousting? And that was the thing we did. But like, you know, arguably inside the bounding box of the rules, but not intended. And we had tons of fun with that. Yeah, similar one for that. Back in the PlayStation era, playing a Need for Speed game, we tried to do this with most racing games, but Need for Speed was the one that my friends figured out you could do this. Two people race, all right, you got CPU racers or whatever. One person goes forward on the track, the other person goes backward on the oh, track. Oh, yeah. And you try, you try and run into them yeah, to yeah. stop them from finishing I've definitely the race. done that in Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, it's harder to do that, though. It's harder to do it, yeah. And because yeah. 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 of the Lakito. Get off my face. <laughs> Meddling yeah. school marm. Game, please. Um, <laughs> but this kind of like uh, approach to this uh, can lead to really big things. Um, this is only kind of related, and this is, again, this is an experimental episode, so uh, the, when we put these notes together, some of the stuff's out of order, which, like, this, this is here in the middle of this because of my fault. But, like, I think you can make the argument that this is why we have SimCity, right? Like, Will, Will Wright played Raid on Bungling Bay, and was like, the creation tools are more fun than playing this dumb game. <laughs> Who, is anyone in this room played Raid on Bungling Bay as a game? Two? Okay. So, like, yeah, two, and two then how many people have played SimCity? Right, like, and it just like so that is a, a form of this is more fun. Let's do this thing, even if it's not the intended way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, in a lot of these cases, the game's story is irrelevant because the actual story of playing the game is what happens when you're putting it together. The you know going backwards in Need for Speed, the jousting, mm-hmm. like that's the jousting. more important jousting. Yes, uh, okay. Justin's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, jousting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but, but that's what you take away as opposed to anything the developer put into the game. Yeah. Um, there's also a way that, that so we say that's outside of the story, there's also an entire uh, field of emergent narrative that we just want to mention. That's what The Sims games are based on. You know, if you talk to anybody who loves The Sims, we did an episode of that uh, for episode 200 over the summer and created our own stories. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, within these systems ways. So you can actually create narrative content through this that is unique. To you, yeah. and uh, that's not something where the, that's that is the intended way to play. That's not something that's frowned upon by the community or the developers. But you can through this emergence, you can get a lot there. Yeah, um, everybody probably has an example that's springing to mind when we talk about messing around and ignoring the main thrust of the game. Yeah. Probably thinking of Oblivion or Skyrim. The big one for me, and the one that we have in the notes, so that's what I'm going to talk about, is Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Right? How many people have finished those? Just overall, like. Uh, not everybody. Most people got, got that game, you know, any version of it to mess around. You have to do so much dumb stuff. So games. <laughs> they're real bad. Guys. They think they're making they, commentary. Like, they're fun weird. to do stuff, but like, man, the missions you actually have to do to beat them—the <laughs> tedium of like those, you know, shooting <laughs> in any of them. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, just, it's it's extremely bad. But what's really fun is just getting your wanted level up and going on chases, creating these little miniature yeah. things, or like I'm gonna spawn in a tank. Um, cheats are very related to this as a thing, you know, and that's, they're, again, intentional, but, like, I'm going to have a tank and turn off gravity and then run the tank as the, a, the slowest jet uh, <laughs> that goes around the world and just, like, runs from stuff blowing up everything you hit. Yeah. Uh, super, super fun. And most people I know play GTA that way. Yeah. Um, I probably don't know, you know, more than five people who have beat GTA 3. Like, actually beat the narrative. Like, everyone I knew owned it. No one played it the way it was, you know, the story mode. For us, everybody got together, you know, like it was in early high school, so we had to, like, 
make sure we are at a place where the parents were cool with it. Uh, but we just, you know, took turns passing the controller around, seeing how high we could get our star rating before we died. Mm. <laughs> and so we were talking about cheats, something that brought to mind, you talked about spawning and things, like somebody took Grand Theft Auto and saw the cheats built into that and said, hey, Saints Row, yeah, why yeah. don't we make a Saints Row, you know, where mm-hmm. this, that's just built into the interface where you can do it. Another side of that, have you read stories about people who um, play Grand Theft Auto 4 online and role play? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you role play as the the world's best traffic obeyer. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's a thing. And they're like, in no way. So you know, we we've been using like developer intent, and that's an impossible thing to determine, and it's kind of a nonsense term. We've been using it extremely loosely, and we recognize that, right? So like, it's not outside the possibility that they imagine that would happen. But I think that most people would probably argue that's not the most common way to play the game. It's not. It's not how it's marketed. Um, it's not how if you look at um, like how uh, power ups. And stuff are using that game. There's entire systems about not doing that. Yeah. Like you are meant to get stars and get wanted levels in the game. There are systems to mitigate that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think anyone argue that's what you're supposed to do. You just can. And people have fun doing that. And that's an example. Like as much as I think it's fun to play Dark Souls with Shield, I think that sounds crazy. I would never play a GTA <laughs> and follow traffic laws. I do. Yeah. So yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because he's younger than me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I just I knew it was a callback and had the cadence of a callback. Yeah. But I don't actually know if it actually functioned as an insult if you were to diagram. It. So the, um, if you guys have comment cards, you guys can let us know. Um, Did that land for you? Yeah. Just just, just let me know. The, um, so specifically, so that's kind of the the piece on emergent gameplay. We didn't talk about all of it. There's tons of it. Specifically, what we want to talk about is playing uh, single player games, enjoying them as opposed to enjoying them as training for multiplayer, which is a largely the intent. Not always. Uh, there, it, get, it kind of varies, but we want to talk about some examples of why we enjoy playing games that way in ways that maybe 8 out of 10 of our peers think is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you need to ask yourself, am I playing the game the designer made? Am I playing the game that I want to, or am I playing the game that everybody else is saying you should, the metagame? We have six examples. We're going to have to go through them kind of quickly, but um, just ways that we are weird. No, we got some time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah we, it's only been 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, so let, let's really camp out on this. Yeah, let's do um, it. Yeah, well, let's, let's dine on it. Uh, so Smash Brothers is obviously the big example. We talked about that early. That's what uh, brought this on to us. Um, so one, there's kind of the intrinsic joy and design that is in the single-player mode of those. Um, at the t- booth uh, that we have set up, we have Subspace Emissary set up for the Wii version of Smash Brothers, which is a fun, varied kind of action platformer, um, if you play it that way. A lot of people like it. The story is ridiculous and melodramatic, um, but it is fun, and they put care into those modes. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is the the base level of appreciation. Yes. Um, Also, Subspace Emissary is a really boring term (laughs) for that. I feel like they needed an action noun. Didn't they get a like a like a scenario designer from Square Enix to, yeah, to do that? It's, yeah, it's a Final Fantasy guy. Yeah, okay. And it's an there emissary. Black hole ambassador. You know, you know, like the uh, comptroller of the stars. Like it is just it's such a bland phrase. You don't, uh, <laughs> it just doesn't represent like like the the, the, the villain is and I Rob. Think it's Rob. Yeah, yeah, I think Rob, Rob is the subspace emissary. <laughs> so yeah. The, the, the Smash Historia book is is don't buy it. <laughs> so the, um... Yeah. Uh, but, you know, aside from just going through those modes and every Smash Brothers since the first one has had some way to get to credits, right? Mm. Um, there's also just joy in playing these 
games by yourself just to see all the stuff in them. Like, just, yeah. the character expression is how I would put this. So it's like seeing them do these moves in a different context, seeing how they move, seeing how they jump. Um, what did they do to make a character like Peach uh, a combatant? You know, we don't know her in that context. How did they actually solve the problem of putting her in this other context? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, that's really fun. It's really fun to see. And it's fun to see Final Smashes. Every time one of these games come out, I watch a YouTube. First thing they do is just watch all of the Final Smashes. Because um, I think they're cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of it's just pretty lights and big sounds, but yeah. I think it's neat. And stuff I recognize. I mean, I'm not made of stone. Like, nostalgia works on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and it's great to see, like, how they make them into combatants who balance and fight against each other. I mean, Bowser, you you know, he's like the big bad guy you fight once at the end of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make Little Mac, who's just a dude with childbearing hips? Yeah, yeah. To... <laughs> it's been a minute since you've looked at Little Mac's body. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. Calipigian. Yeah, it's um, great. <laughs> no, Zofty. <laughs> Yeah, um, and also just absurd situations. Yeah, so if you watch the trailers for Smash Brothers games, they bank on this. Yes. Uh, the trailers are all just silly stuff happening, right? So like the most recent one that I saw, which was Luigi getting just wrecked and killed <laughs> by Castlevania enemies, that's just absurd, right? Like you take these cartoony characters, um, there's a lot of pleasure in that, and that can happen in the gameplay as well. Um, you know, seeing like Mario, you know, pick up a bazooka off the ground and blast his his Lord Regent. In the face as an Antifa super soldier, <laughs> where direct action works, and he just takes a bazooka and just you know that's it, you know, uh, and that's really kind of fun and funny. Yeah, um, you know, it's a lot of these small pleasures. Like, is that a knee slapper? Am I gonna you know uh, stay up from laughing from that? No, but it's no. cute. It, it, it accumulates, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. super cute. Yeah. Um, also, the unlock cycle. There's a bit of a uh, gachapon loot box uh, gambling idea to this as well like one of the reasons i like subspace emissary like rather than just sitting down and looking at a grid of characters and probably picking somebody familiar it forces you to pick up different characters and play with them Mm -hmm. you know in different scenarios to learn them and get used to them yep and even just the unlock in any of the smash brothers games like just getting a dopamine of getting a new thing a stage background music character that feels really good and even just trophies uh, you know, in, in those games, which is just, you get a little bit of trivia, you get to spin a little thing around. Uh, fun to see. Yeah. Um, what this means is playing this, um, something we talk about a lot on the show that is related to this is the idea of a perpetual game versus a non-perpetual game. Um, for me, Smash Brothers games are games that I play for 20 hours or 10 hours and I never play again. Right. Um, it's not a perpetual game like a Counter-Strike or any kind of fighting game where you're just going to play it time after time after time. And that's also okay. Um, I never felt like I was not getting appropriate value from these games because I played them once. Yes. Um, because there's a unit of playing Smash Brothers that you're just going to repeat over and over again. The match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to enjoy that on some level even if you don't have a standing appointment to go to a place and play with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's cool if you have that and you want to play tournaments, but like it, you can engage with it. <laughs> it's super great. Like it just it's a different kind of experience. Yeah. You know, so it kind of contains both. Yes. Yeah. Um, GoldenEye is an example you have here, but this also applies to almost every shooter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, this is a back-in-the-day example, obviously, because I'm talking about an older game. But this is actually a very uh, uh, um, treasured memory. That's a really sappy way to say that. It was a cool way that I spent time with my dad. Um, So, you know, on consoles, everybody recognizes GoldenEye. You're probably one of your first uh, experiences with a multiplayer first-person shooter, right? 
uh, lots of characters, you know, lots of rules built into it, house rules, you know, how many people said, no, you can't pick odd job. So you picked Boris because he was also a tiny guy, but not like ridiculously tiny. Uh, <laughs> things like that. But most of the time that I personally spent playing uh, Goldeneye was not spent like playing the multiplayer, you know, going around facility or, you know, what have you. Um, it was actually spent turning um, the single player experience into a multiplayer experience. This probably happened at some point when we just had one controller when I went over to my dad's. And so he said, well, let's just play the first level. And they give you those stats at the end. Well, how do we gauge who did better? Well, let's play for headshots this time. Let's play for time this time. Let's play for damage done this time. Which is really interesting because it's a competitive mode that is done through the single player. Yeah. Like experience. Yeah. So we would just run through write down all the notes, and then, hooray, we won. It was like playing darts. Mm-hmm. The, what's really interesting about GoldenEye, too, I didn't think about this in the notes, but it for it doesn't have that character appeal that Smash Brothers does. Like, I don't feel like the target audience for it was like, yeah, like, here's this obscure <laughs> character from, you know, you only live twice. Scaramanga. Yeah, yeah Scaramanga. Like, all those Scaramangiacs out there <laughs> who are just like going apeshit for Scaramanga. Like, I don't know if that happened. It's a real weird game for that. Like, you get to play as a lot of people you don't care about. Like, bad, bad images of them. Even if you'd seen Goldeneye at the time, which is like a pretty boring Bond movie. Like, this wasn't an exciting. This is pre-Craig, so it's it's pretty bland. It's pretty weird. I don't know. That, that's all I got for that. I was just thinking about how it's weird. Like, hey, kids. Hey, kids. Maybe it's like a dad thing. Maybe it's just a, you know, because dads, dads eat that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe it's for dads. (laughs) Could have been for dads. And that that holds true for you. Yeah, no, it was me. It was my dad. It was my uncle. Um, Yeah, we had a good time. Uncles are a different kind of dad. Yes. uh, It's like squares and rectangles. It's it's not diet dad. Yeah, diet dad. Dad light. Like like some kind of step or lesser dad. (laughs) um, Yeah. But so, you know, just like with, you know, Smash Brothers, we played single player in a multiplayer focused game. Well, here took a single player mode and made a multiplayer. You know? Yeah. Um, something that is more uh, akin to my heart, and this is something I do now even, um, is Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 are games that I absolutely love and I never want to play against a stranger in my entire life. Um, I had a really bad experience trying to play those as intended online with matchmaking, and it was an, a codification of what we're talking about here that sucks because I would get on a team and I would do my best. And I would get some, you know, somebody with sometimes with a slur in their name yelling at me and saying, you always go smoker, hunter, spitter. You never go spitter, hunter, jockey. (laughs) And, you know, if you're just starting those words, that's just word salad. And why? Like, why do you always do it that way? And if I go that, what does that mean? And what am I doing? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Notwithstanding the fact that they kind of made the entire game to be adaptive, no matter which way you did it. Well, it's supposed to be, but there's definitely, like, a... Then I later got into competitive Left 4 Dead, now I know. (laughs) So you become what you hate most. I don't don't play it. I just watch it. I know why, though. Why you always go... uh, But at the time, it was just a a bad way to treat people. Um, And it just pushed me into the single player. And the single player in those games is super fun. Um, one, uh, not least of which, because Valve is extremely good at like lore and world building and level design, and you can't really appreciate two of those three things if you're playing multiplayer. Um, they put all these notes and things. There is kind of a cool story in Left 4 Dead across those two games. You don't get that playing multiplayer. If you're the guy in the, the room reading all of the graffiti and everyone else is ready to go, you're going to get kicked yeah. uh, and you're going to get slurs Yeah, you're uh, the, put at you. you know, you're the person standing in the middle of the sidewalk looking up at the buildings. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. a tourist, yeah. essentially. And playing the single player allows you to be a tourist, uh, which I found very satisfying. Um, it also allows you to play in an arcadey kind of way. Um, I had a lot of fun seeing how high I can make the difficulty. It's single player. The AI is not very good. 
Um, what is this like as almost like a 3D Robotron? Um, a bunch of things that die in one hit that are rushing me from all angles as I try to make checkpoints. Um, and it works that way. It is a tremendously fun thing to do, and I've played through all of those games many, many times that way. Um, it's also a really good... Uh, the most frequent way I play it now is as kind of like a two-player, something to do with your hands and chat with a buddy game. And we play co-op, uh, which is two players out of the eight possible. And it's easy, and we just talk about our days <laughs> and our feelings and, uh, and, and shoot zombies at the same time. And it's incredibly meditative and relaxing, yeah. uh, which is not a way that game, I feel like, is intended to be played. <laughs> Explicitly not. Yeah. It's a horror game. Yeah. I can yeah. eat your face, dog. They, 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 <laughs> and they do. <laughs> and so they did. And it happened. Yeah. Um, so that's funny, talking about using the using Life for Dead as kind of a social. I know you play with your buddy from back home, mm -hmm. right? Uh, just to catch up and spend the day. For me, um, that was what EverQuest was. Um, you know, <laughs> lots of, lots of contemplative, like, lots ah, of concerned, yes. uh, large noises. Mention of EverQuest. Yeah. Oh, um, so I've played a handful of MMOs, uh, you know, over time and I've always treated them, uh, as an, uh, you know, as a single player experience. People who pick up an MMO now, like, they accommodate for this. You know, you can play through a bunch of WoW. I'm going to ask Riff. Like, you can play a bunch of WoW, like, to the level cap by yourself, right? Um, you know, people even say, like, oh, this game doesn't start until you're at the level cap and you're getting your gear and you're doing the raids. No, for me, the game started um, by finding this big empty place and going to look and see what kind of crazy ways I could die there. <laughs> you know, specifically, you know, back in EverQuest, um, you know, so I was in a guild, but it was more just a chat room with some people that I jived with, you know? Um, and, you know, and this was before, you know, so back in like 2001, 2002, something like that. Um, and I recognized the feeling right away when I picked up Morrowind, actually. It's like, oh, I'm just... I was just playing Morrowind before there was Morrowind because I was trying to cross Antonica in, you know, <laughs> in EverQuest, you know, going from Freeport to Kinos and back and all that, right? Yeah, yes. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he talks about EverQuest a lot. And <laughs> I haven't learned one thing about it yet. <laughs> I, uh, you bought me that book of EverQuest Yeah, I bought you a book of it, but I didn't open. read it. And then also I played it for a little while, uh, but I also somehow didn't actually look at it or read any words when I did it. <laughs> so I don't know what an Antarcticus is. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I don't know what those are. <laughs> you never raided against Luke and Delir to get your soul fire blade? No. Come no, on, man. No, it's, uh, yeah. Jeez. Those definitely sound like, that has yeah. the cadence of a quest. It sounds like fantasy stuff. Stuff, yeah. surplus wise yeah. and all of that. That sounds like a quest that continues. <laughs> so the downside of this was there was just a bunch of stuff that I didn't get to see because most expansions, if they weren't meant to be like a restart, giving you a new class or a new race, didn't give you low to mid-level content. But for me, most MMOs sang when I was at that mid-level. So I would play, get to that, you know, go see something new, play a new class, and then start something else. People call that alt-itis. I just called that... I want to play Morrowind, but with, like, marginally more interaction. Yeah. And marginally worse lore. <laughs> story. Mechanics. Dude, I agree that um, Morrowind not, is really good. Dude, I know. I'm just like, <laughs> like, I don't even think, yeah, I don't even think Morrowind. 
<laughs> I just think it's like I just wanted to take a cheap shot at EverQuest. I'm younger than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's younger than me. They're aristocrats. Um, uh, so there's kind of a cheat entry I have here, but it, it's true. Is uh, I real I had a realization that StarCraft is one of my favorite video game series, and I never want to play that against another person ever in my Ooh. life. Um, not for a million years. And uh, you know, part of it is just that. Um, Call of Duty, uh, uh, what's the other one that people shoot each other in they're real good at? Battlefield? No, it's, it's Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Yeah. Where it's like, if you didn't grow up playing Counter-Strike, you can't play Counter-Strike because it's immediately like a sit down and watch other people play simulator yeah. as you immediately get headshot in the head. <laughs> the, the, the way to be good at Counter-Strike is to always have to play Counter-Strike. Yeah. Yeah. You have to Bill and Ted yourself. <laughs> I'm old. The, you have to go back and Bill and Ted and say, I've already done this. Um, so it's kind of a cheat because Blizzard puts a lot of work into their single player experiences, especially yeah. in the second one. But there were still ways that I was playing the game that was not necessarily uh, the intended experience. So one of the ways would would be to test tactics that were clever but not effective that I would never use, really. So seeing how different units work together. Um, I have access to this, this science unit. How far can I get with just science units? Um, I can just poison things. Can I beat this map like that? That's kind of a challenge mode, but just seeing like once I add this unit in, what happens? Um, treating that as kind of a toy box of playing with those designs and seeing how they interfaced. Um, and then also, weirdly enough, and this is more true of Warcraft games, like when I say StarCraft, one of my series, I mean all the Blizzard RTSs, um, I found it immensely fun to build bases. Um, just organizing an area, especially in Warcraft where they had roads and walls. Uh, putting on the cheat and making my dream orc village, uh, putting on the money, was super fun for me, like in a yeah. SimCity sense. And, you know, I would never actually go kill the humans and never make the big demon ball of murder to go, like, kill them. It was just super fun to do so. Um, within this uh, this different melu, like a fantasy sim city. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, an area where I feel like a little bit of a gatekeeping kind of person. So back in the day, playing the original StarCraft, by the time I got into it, most of the games that you saw were on that one boring map that was like nine bases around the edge, and then like the fracas in the middle there. Um, and everybody played NR fifteen. No rush, fifteen minutes, guys. If you send anything over, look for somebody within 15 minutes. You're done. I'm going to quit. You're like, no, I like this. I, I'm playing a Zerg. I need to like, I, like I, the yeah. early game is great. I can't let you build up. You're a Protoss. Come on. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a good example of p- players in putting word or putting in rules that are against like the actual literal balance of the game. Yeah, like the, in the name of playing that in a more balanced, competitive way, they're actually unbalancing it like hugely. Yeah, you know. So that's interesting. We have about eight minutes left. Yeah. So let's scoot scoot through these and get to our, our closing. Yes. Thing. Uh, so mine is also a little bit of a cheat because I can't believe I, I would not believe that uh, Bungie didn't intend to do this for me. Halo Three, okay. Um, we don't talk about it a lot. I want to say I'm not this kind of person, but I am. <laughs> we don't talk. We, don't, we just we like we've never covered it. Yeah, on the show. I've never played it's a Halo a, game. I don't know it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're fine. Um, played a lot of Halo back uh, back in the day, back in high school. Um, and so, you know, played a lot of that. Less Halo 2. Halo 3, for me, was entirely Forge mode uh, because it was a way to recreate stuff that I did in Halo 1, like playing uh, uh, Floor is Lava, trying to keep the Warthog, like, cart things in the air with, uh, um, with, with rocket launcher blasts, you know? Stuff like that. Forge mode, uh, this was intended as a map customizer. So you could, you know, while you're walking around as a player, in these multiplayer maps, and you could turn into like a little drone, spawn things in, and say like, okay, I want to put this weapon here. It was just a way to make variants. Like by that time, they had embraced, you know, just lots of mutators and things like that. 
you could do this collaboratively. You could have multiple people in, in there turning into these drones in turn. These drones had godlike powers, and they could pick anything up. So guess what we did? We turned into drones, and we played catch. It's <laughs> the simplest game in, in the world. Yes. You know. <laughs> you know, by just picking up vehicles and throwing it, like, ah, can you catch, the, catch it before it lands? Stuff like that. Like, it was just the most, like, childlike thing. You know, playing catch, playing keep away, playing tag with this stuff just as godlike robots that could fly around and clip through stuff, right? I imagine this is what Gary's mod is. I've never played Gary's mod, but I imagine I'm getting nods. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so just kind of wrapping up and before we kind of just say our final piece about uh, why it's okay for you to have the fun that you have, um, there's lots of reasons why people do this, um, yeah. might do this. One thing is age. Um, a lot of these modes work for kids, you know? Uh, so I guess ask yourself if you're ever inclined to gatekeep or say that somebody's playing a game wrong or this is dumb. Think about these things, right? So like one of these things is for kids. Like mm-hmm. uh, kids are better at playing catch than they are playing super tactical Halo. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of evident. Um, for us, I think it's both just individual tastes. Yeah. Um, neither of us have time through the nature of our work and also our just kind of our inclinations to play a perpetual game mm-hmm. and master it. Um, who who has time to get extremely good at Counter Strike? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and I'm more interested in challenging myself, or sometimes just not having a challenging experience and being entertained for a brief time, uh, like a popcorn movie. Yeah. Um, even if a game is not uh, necessarily made for that. Yeah. Um, in the notes here, I have this list of social problems. This could go either way. Either you don't like arranging a time to play with other people, or like you genuinely have an anxiety about being, you know, on the hook with somebody else, right? Or like, strangers suck. Yeah, strangers yeah, suck. Yeah. Yes. All those people were yelling at you. All, you all are great. Yeah. They, they, you, you, you strangers, you're some of the good ones. Yeah. I, I've told this before on, on uh, shows, but I'll say it again just because it's appropriate. So I don't play MMOs. Um, I don't like them. I don't like interacting with strangers. I played City of Heroes for a while, and I got to, like, the early mid-level, uh, and I was a character called the Golem, and the Golem had rock powers, because I like superheroes, and I was taking it seriously, and uh, I got to a part you needed to join a group, so I, I did the little moat for looking for group, and I got added to a group with a guy named uh, the Bong Doctor and the Heart Shaman, no joke, and then we went to the city, uh, and I walked, and I turned a corner and fell into a lava pit, and they all called me the uh, the homophobic F word and said I was foolish for falling in the lava. And I uninstalled it and I will never play another MMO again because strangers suck. Like, it sucks. Like, don't open yourself up to bad strangers online because they're bad. The internet is full of bad men. Um, so it is a... Uh, but yeah, so maybe you just don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like, And it wasn't... You know, it's not that I couldn't, right? I'm, I stood here today. I Many years of therapy got me over that. But the, uh, it just... Who who wants to? Yeah. Like it wasn't fun, you know. And I'm playing a video game. Like it's not, you know, it's not for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, as we mentioned a little bit, um, those harsh learning curves, like coming into a, you know, it's like arriving at a party where everyone's already drunk and you haven't had a drink, is what it's like to play Call of Duty multiplayer. Right. Now, you know, if I just pick that up and try to play it, like I'm always playing catch up. I'm a burden to my team. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, and just I'm going to spend a lot of time spectating, you know, uh, and that's just not super fun. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the, the thesis of this is that fun you have is real uh, if you have it. And don't let anyone tell you it's not. Yeah. And uh, look for opportunities to find and make your own fun. Because playing with the box is cool, mm-hmm. should be allowed, and uh, it's rewarding. Yeah. And of course, it, again, of course it is allowed. Nobody come actually comes into your room. <laughs> but a lot of this is coming from online spaces. So yeah. like... 
if you go online and want to learn about a game you're really excited about, like if I go on StarCraft forums and talk about this, like there's a chance that like depending on how well moderated that is, people are going to be a jerk about it, and that's just so silly. Like yeah. that is just that makes no sense. Um, we have just like a couple minutes left. Does anybody have a real killer emergent gameplay or uh, related story? All right. Um, all right. Uh, we only have a couple minutes, so everyone, yeah. like get cliff notes for both of you guys. Super fast. Um, I've played Magic the Gathering in the past. Um, there's a variant of the game that, uh, called Highlander where you only have one of each type of card aside from basic lands. And Canadian sketch comedy group Loading Ready Run, they found at their local dollar store they were selling a whole bunch of Magic the Gathering cards, like a buck, like mm. booster packs. Like, hey, let's do a high, let's build Highlander decks using one buck dollar store. God knows what's in these. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, found, yeah, limited resources. And it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so as I was playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, I got the Helian uh, the Helian Hood and decided my quest would be this masked hero that nobody knows the name mm. of. And then I found chickens and started becoming the chicken guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like role playing in a non role playing game uh, that doesn't actually offer a whole lot of choices is a huge example of this. Yeah. Uh, and incredibly fun. Um, my brother and I were playing Devil of Seven Nightfire. Uh, we would always play security guard, where one of us would patrol around a, a specific part of the map, and someone would try, and the other person would try to get past us. So you made a stealth game out of you made thief <laughs> out, out of that's awesome. <laughs> and back with the uh, yeah. well, the uh, uh, those what is it Halo people are making movies and things that machinima machinima yeah yeah yeah. 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 Yeah, we didn't we didn't even talk about machinima. That's another really great way of like that like an art form that has emerged from this. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, with chess, there's fairy chess that goes back really like uh, centuries, where like different rules and different uh, uh, rules for the pieces, like people were inventing a new kind of chess, like mm -hmm. early on in, in the history of chess. Nice. I uh, when I was young, I played Stratego by myself. I don't remember how I did it, but I, but I, I came up with a single-player Stratego variant uh, as a very, very sad, like, like lonely kid. <laughs> he just kind of ran out of steam there. Yeah, yeah, you? no, I, I had a memory. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 something unlocked. The, um, real, real quick, when you play any walking sim, like on Home or Layers mm -hmm. of Fear or whatever, do you close all the doors and drawers behind you and turn off the lights? I don't actually. Oh. Uh, but part of that, that's a, that's um, strategic because I want to know where I've been. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, so in, in case, like, a room looks the same, and that's mm -hmm. not necessarily on the developer. Like, maybe they do a great job of keeping mm -hmm. the rooms differently, but I've played somewhere they don't. Oh, yeah. So I do that just to make sure I know where I've been. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's a, that would be an example. Like, yeah. I'm actually this person. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that we're about time um, with that. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can let us know if this works. We've never done this before. So yeah. if it was bad, we apologize. If it was good, let us know, and maybe we'll do it again. Um, regular show is not going anywhere. And for people who don't uh, know us, um, you can find our work at duckfeed.tv, that we have all of our podcasts. And we are listener-supported. The reason why we're able to do live shows is because of patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, pays for airfare and travel and food and our booth and all of that stuff. So uh, we have a booth right next to the, uh, the women's room in the corner. Uh, we didn't choose that. Uh, we didn't mark a box that's like, yeah, we're creeps. <laughs> Lay it on us. Uh, we didn't do that. So yeah. we are there. Um, please come see us. We'll be there all day tomorrow. And we're doing a meetup tonight. Yeah. Uh, 845 at Quarter World. Come play some arcade games with us. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. Let's go. There's milk yeah, and cookies. Yeah, there's milk and cookies. <laughs>
I've been Steve Henderson. <laughs> I've been Paul Ross. Yeah. <laughs> My side. Oh, those those, ca- those cards. Cut ups. Yeah, I got two jokers, and they're both wild. Just saying this for shits, but <laughs> what a couple of handsome, hilarious boys. Yeah, I am saying that for clapping. I guess indeed. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so that that was the live show. Um, let's talk about sitting at a booth for a weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we had a lot of help. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. make sure we do not delay uh, these thanks. Uh, you know, any more than we need to. Uh, we'd mm-hmm. love to, uh, as always, thank Nick Glauber and Brayton Cameron mm-hmm. uh, for helping us. And also Allison. Allison Baker came out um, and spent a lot, uh, a lot of time with you and also mm-hmm. helped out at the booth. Yeah. Allison came and visited Portland before the convention. Uh, so we hung out and then we uh, went and did the PRGE weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so all, all three were big helps. Um, it just makes a really big difference having people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very fun. Yeah, and there are lots of lots of goofs, lots of dumb shit that I wish I could remember that would become teenage dirtbags uh, material. The, there was an I awful. Barely... There was an awful lot of talking like a southern gentleman, but also saying the names of things wrong. Yeah, like like southern gentleman malpropism. Yeah, was abundant. Superior Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Superior Mario Brothers. When people sit down and play Simulation City 2000, yeah. <laughs> do they? Uh, yeah. So, so look out for me and Brayton to do that accent <laughs> at some point, and then also uh, just you know we'll do it here probably. Pro- it'll, probably. It'll sneak in. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a fun voice, and it doesn't offend anybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't who, offend who anybody whose feelings I care about. Yeah, if if any plantation owners have uh, have issue with this, Mister um, Leg, Mister Leghorn, uh, please accept my apologies ahead of time. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna put you on blast anyway. Is is Foghorn Leghorny a thing? <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I'm kind of tired and I moved for two days, so I don't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> but I just I wonder if that's a thing. I say, like, I say, I say, I'm almost ready, hon. <laughs> like the. Uh, the dark side of the Tweety shirt, where it's like, you know, it's Tweety, she's real angry, and it's yeah, yeah. yelling about God angels or something. And then it's Foghorn Leghorn, like, wolf whistling a, a clearly human woman. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's fog, 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 Foghorn Leghorn standing there with the trapper keeper in front of his uh, lower pelvis. Yeah, 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 just like, if you, I say, I say, if you tuck your member into the top of your pant band, your <laughs> boner point up rather than forward, like a divine <laughs> rod. <laughs> you know, just, just, no one will know be the wiser. But but you gotta be careful that you don't raise your hands above your head, because otherwise your shirt peek up so and everybody can going, and then everyone's gonna know thy shame. <laughs> thy uh, shame. <laughs> uh, and, and this is where Foghorn Leghorn becomes Amish. I <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of lore there. I don't, that, I don't actually that, know. Thy shame. <laughs> the um the uh, uh so anyway um so that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. goofing around with that uh those three jokers who are also wild yes um the, also, this card game we're designing sucks yeah, <laughs> all jokers and they're all wild five aces again boys um the uh so that was really fun um the actual like sitting at the booth went really well too mm-hmm. um 
one of the only ways so one of the weird things about this job is that um other than patreon numbers it's very hard and like literal numbers like listener numbers yeah yeah very hard to concretely like feel in a quantifiable way uh how we've grown but this year a lot of people came up mm-hmm. that high like more than usual yeah um, which is really, just really nice. It's just very sweet to have people come up and, and say hi and, and say like they like the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've listened, things like that. Um, that's very nice of them. Yeah, yeah. And, it's it, it's funny because we had so we had a lot of people come up and, you know, we, we said hello, interacted with them. I would go into the spiel, you know, just be like, oh, you know, we're here. You know, the main show we're here for, book club for games, blah, blah, blah. And they say, no, I listened to all your shows and have for a long time. Oh, hi. Thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to hear it. So we're so used to... You know, just uh, just people coming up because that's what that's ostensibly why we do the live shows, right? Like we we're there to teach people about the show. Yes, we want to meet people who who already know about it. That's very nice and everything. But the idea is, people come up and they they take a button, they ask us about it, and then if they check it out, you know, eventually maybe they'll like the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just, just the, seeing... word of mouth is the main way we spread. But also, like this is an opportunity, you know, twice a year for us whenever we do these shows to get foot traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like be be kind of a billboard. Yeah, you know, and and uh, that's what we're used to in the way we're the mode we're kind of used used to operating in, and just when seeing that that has worked, you know, because people will come up who have come up many years in the past, um, or who have traveled to come come say hi and everything. It's very sweet uh, and very heartening. Yeah, in a real way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we we like to to give a, a shout out to people who came out, uh, and said hi. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna do that now. We're gonna do this. So, and, and we're gonna we're gonna not dine on it because there's a lot of them this time. Uh huh. So ordinarily we might kind of sit down. We might make like, oh, that you know, John, that's a funny name. Yeah. We, we might we might scrounge around for some some humor bits, but no, <laughs> yeah, no longer. This, this is just a, a serious reading of names. <laughs> people. These people are still alive. Um, yes. I, this will sound like a <laughs> memorial. Uh, it yeah, is not. It, it's not. But save it. Yeah. Because eventually it will be. Oh geez, yeah. I mean you're you're right, but you don't have to say it. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> memento mori, my friend. Um, oh, true, right. true. Dan, Gustavo, Emily, Al, Jamie, Gabe, Amber, Timbo's Licorice Road. We need to yes, talk about guy, that later. That guy, did, that guy didn't come up. I just put it on the list to make sure we talked about it. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you <laughs> yeah, can still, but it, it too will die yeah. someday. <laughs> <laughs> Timbo's licorice ropes deserves to be in the uh, memorial. And they're already mostly dust, so yeah, <laughs> ashes to ashes. Uh, dust to dust. <laughs> Adam. Noah. Nick. Clea. James. Andrew. Uh Jacob, and I do I if I'm remembering this right, uh Clara was not there, but Jacob specifically said uh, give her a shout out because she listens. So mm-hmm. shout out to Claire. Yes, hello, Claire. Also, hello, Julian. Uh Teresa. Derek. Stefan. Demeter, awesome name. Sorry, I need to yeah, dive awesome. on that one just a little bit. Yep, I I actually wrote that down twice on accident, and I was like, "There's no way there's actually two Demeters." <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake on my part. Um, Elliot, Mike, Kevin, Joe, uh, another fellow named Kevin, a surplus of Kevins, Bob, Thomas, William, John, AJ, Randy, Saudi, uh, Terry, who is very sweet. Yes. And brought us donuts. Yeah, brought us donuts on Sunday morning. It was greatly appreciated. Delicious and donuts, Terry, too. Terry, and I think the first time Terry introduced her, herself to us, this time, she might have said Therese. Mm. So if I'm, if I'm getting it wrong, I signed a book, and I think I signed it Terry. If I'm getting that wrong, please forgive me, because uh, she's the sweetest person in, on the universe. Yeah. 
and uh, and I would I would hate to do that. But I'm looking at uh, handwriting, and it feels like a million years have passed. Yeah, <laughs> since, because because I moved. So if if I'm getting that wrong, I I sincerely apologize. But it was a very sweet gesture, and they're a very good uh, donor. Unlike the sweet gesture oh. <laughs> that was also there, aka Timbo. Um, <laughs> very sweet gesture. But uh, thank thank you very much. Uh, Terry or Therese. I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I apologize if I'm getting it wrong. I, th- I think it might have been both. I, I, I think they, she had you sign the book one way, but uh, <laughs> excuse me, but she addressed herself yeah. another way. It could definitely be for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then finally, Zach. And th- yeah, thank you, Zach. So yeah. thanks everybody for coming out. Like uh, we really do appreciate it. it. It's meaningful when people come up and say it. Say it. So uh, it is a, a, you know, we appreciate people who travel mm-hmm. um, to these things. We know that's not trivial. You right. know, like I know we talk about it and we try to encourage people to come. Um, I don't we don't do that to guilt anybody who can't make it because we know no. that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do really, really appreciate it. Yes. So um, but thanks, everybody. Let's uh, let's talk Timbo. Let's talk Timbo. So Timbo's <laughs> booth um, was with an eyesight. And I've got I, I initially have just like a, just an impression about the name Timbo. You know, sometimes mm. you, you get angry at the nicknames that uh, other people might have to suffer, you know, <laughs> like I don't have an awful lot of like weird, you know, just kind of diminutive or dismiss dismissive uh, nicknames that can happen. All that I have is coleslaw, right? There, there's the coleslaw. whole, you, you, you take, Col- you, you, yeah, uh, Col- Coltrane's fine too. Um, mm. But, you know, just like where you take somebody's name and then you just say whatever food it reminds you of. Mm-hmm. Um, Timbo, if, if my name was Timothy and somebody called me Timbo. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they would, uh, wake up in a bathtub, uh, except mm. instead of having one kidney missing, they would have two kidneys missing or, or have two kidneys put in. Yes. They would have extra kidneys. This is also probably not very good, right? Probably the, not. I think, I think you the, might need some of that stuff that filters out just like a little bit. Uh, so Timbo, Timbo was a licorice peddler and, uh, he had, so we were put right next to the women's bathroom, which we talked about a little bit in the, the show. I think, I don't know if that came through on the recording, Maybe. Um, I, yeah. but the, uh, we, we talked about that. They put us right next to the women's room. Um, we, Timbo had a way better booth than us in a very central good location. Yeah. And he sold, I don't know, three feet long, uh, licorice things that were not licorice. Uh, this isn't a riddle, like I mean, but they they weren't really licorice. They were like this kind of gummy, filled, uh, incredibly sugar, like the sugar tube. Yeah. Uh, and something that's true about me, you know, we we talked about this on shows. Like if somebody says chicken wings, like I have to get chicken wings that night. Like I'm not susceptible to an advertisement that's presented to me with the cadence of an ad. But if I just read a word over and over, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody just says something, I'll, I'll get it. So I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to try one of those fucking licorice things because. It's been parked across the the con floor, yeah, uh, from us this entire time. Like I'm gonna have to try one. And then Brayden was kind enough to go buy us uh, a variety pack of Timbo's sweet sweet tubes, <laughs> and the, the, they were incredibly long. I wrapped mine around my hand like they were brass knuckles. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, you you had one of them because they had ones that they came in either unnaturally smooth or like coated in confectioner sugar. Yes. Um, I, th- I think the, like the stuff that was coated on mine was supposed to be the sour stuff. So I got lemon. Mm. I wanted unsoured lemon because, you know, just like a milder lemon. Cause you, when you order sour candy, you never know if it's going to deep bribe the inside like of your mouth. Challenge. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like, like the same thing with spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like, I, I like lemon flavor, but if you can get a non-spicy or non, <laughs> a non-spicy lemon, a non-sour yeah. one. Uh, you so know. I got the sour yeah. one. It was fine. It was overwhelmingly sweet. I think I, at the end I was hate finishing it because I would feel terrible about throwing it away. They, they were way too sweet. 
Like yes. it's, it's an extremely gross candy. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, Timbo, but like really nasty candy, uh, you know, and not cheap. You know, and again, I don't say this to be mean to Brayden either, who was nice enough to let us try this novelty thing. I thought they were pretty gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I had, and mine was cola flavored. Like I like cola as a flavor in a non-cola context. Yeah. I think those gummy Cokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, so sorry, Timbo. But what, so the addition of Timbo might have possibly, I don't think contributed, but just uh, in terms of the equation, the subtraction of the Unipiper. Oh, yeah. Let's check and in on this. music in general. Wow. So, Wasn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, so somewhere in the distance, after six years of us complaining about it, uh, a monkey's paw, uh, you know, a single finger curled up, and it was deathly silence. Yep. The, uh, the, there was music playing, but you could only hear it in the arcade. And on right. the show floor, there was no music mm-hmm. and no Unipiper. So it was just the sounds of our breathing and heartbeats. Ugh. And my thoughts. Uh, ent- my thoughts. Our thoughts. You know, and I, I tried to bring a little speaker to have music at the table and it didn't really work. Like mm-hmm. you'd hear music every once in a while from an attract mode, but it was, it was definitely weird mm-hmm. uh, there. And it's, it's just, it feels like such an overcorrection because usually the music is just so loud. Yeah. It's just quiet music. Yeah. Qu- like, like, like qu- quiet instrumental music. Yeah. would be perfect. Like, and Hey, guess what? Video game music. Yeah. Like put, you know, find, uh, you know, a couple hundred video game soundtracks for the weekend. Mm hmm. And just put them on a playlist and just let it go. Yeah. And quietly. People, and that would have been great. People will listen to it and they'll have conversations like, oh, God, what is that? I, I can almost yeah. place what that is. Mm-hmm. You know? But instead it was silent. And I will take the lack of all human music in order to not have the Unipiper. Yeah. I would I would throw myself down an oubliette in order to get away from yeah. the Unipiper. I will um, give up both my ears <laughs> the, and both my eyes. I will take as many kidneys as you got. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the brass cat tax. How many kidneys can you put in me to make sure I never have to see or listen to that guy again? Yeah. The, um, the Unipiper for people who are just tuning in and uh, think that we are being incredibly mean to a person. Maybe we're being We, we are. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. You're right. But also. Yeah. He, he's he, he's a man who rides a unicycle and plays a bagpipe very, very loudly. Uh, he dresses mm-hmm. up like he, you know, he dresses up as Mario or dresses up as Link when he is at like a video game themed event and kind of plays mm-hmm. the same three songs over and over very loudly. And people clap yes. and cheer and it seems everybody loves him except anybody who is adjacent to us. Yeah. Well, and, and, and least in not least of which, because we had to hear him a thousand times. Yes. You know, so that's, that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. is that, that, uh, that, you know, I, I was never, I was never going to like this dude. But just having to listen to him every 15 minutes or so for an entire weekend. Familiarity breeds contempt. The novelty, the novelty wears away. Yep. And uh, what does that guy got other than novelty? Right. These are not toe tapping tunes. No, no. I will say, however, I was I was pleased by the presence of the um, violin busker um, Mm -hmm. outside the main entrance. Uh, This has been a presence a couple of times for some playing uh, video game things on violin. Um, And this time they had like classical guitar accompaniment. It was very pleasant, Mm -hmm. but you had to be outside to hear it. Very much, much more pleasant. Yes. I appreciate that as well. And I wish that they had gone in. I wish they had to like the, the con had hired them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, kind of set up spot shop. Yeah. Put them by a corner. Um, oh, somebody came by with a melodica. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and took requests. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and shout out to the melodica person if they're listening because they didn't use the spit tube version of the melodica. Yeah. Yeah. The weird, the weird talk, talk box thing. I, I, yeah. I used that once and then I realized when, you know, when I got my melodica, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. You just play, set it down. No, no, that thing immediately grows mold. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty gross. Like it's just a tube you spit in and you can never get it. You can get it clean, but it can never be dry. Yes. You know, so like you can, you can get water in there, but it's always just going to fester. Yeah. 
you know, so it can be water instead of spit, but whatever it is, it's a substrate for bacteria. Yeah. You know, so the, the better melodica is just like a flute. Like you just hold up to your, to your mouth and that is what she had. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, uh, so cosplay stuff. There's, there was one standout, um, a bunch oh of just gosh. kind of like a bunch of Bowsettes, like a bunch of, you know, which I came to expect, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of just kind of standard stuff like oh this is a good samus but like come on good samuses i've seen a lot of good samuses yeah, yeah. but there was one 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 winner who took the cake the, the cake yeah i don't know if this kid won the contest he he definitely ought to I don't have think he did yeah yeah he definitely should have um so the, the, like the, this was a bit of a team effort right so the kid uh like must have been like what i'm i'm, I'm terrible at gauging kids yeah. ages like between eight and ten something like that something like that yeah little little little, little, little kid um he was dressed up as a mimic mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> explicitly a dark souls mimic yes <laughs> like a uh, lot, you know, long tongue, um, you know, and it was a transformer. Uh-huh. Like the kid could, could crouch down and become a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. And when he did this, he made it breathe. <laughs> so he's not like a fake gamer kid. No, no, he, he knows. knows. Yeah. <laughs> and then Brayden walked up and fitted some Ritz bits. <laughs> and it was really good. Yeah. Well, he was carrying his sign that said, please feed me treats. And then when he turned yeah. it around, it said, thank you. Yeah, and then and then we fed him some treats. But if you didn't give him treats, or if you just tried to give him the treasure chest, yeah. So like the, those Ritz bits were unto Lloyd's talismans, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, in the lore. Um, but that kid, that kid was awesome. Yeah. And we we flipped our shit. Nobody else seemed to care that much. But no, like, like he, he, he our he, corner, the area by the women's bathroom was a party during that moment. Oh, it was <laughs> like like he, he yeah. came by. You know, so when I say it was a team effort, his dad was there helping him. Like mm. you know, like it just like a lot of costumes. It needs a spotter. Um, but yeah, he came over. I don't think they they sought us out because of a Dark Souls thing. I think we just said, "Hey, it's a mimic," and then he came over and did the show. But we were like standing there and cheering and clapping. Like this kid got yeah. motivation. Yeah, he was awesome. So yeah. I, there's no way that kid hears this, but if they did, yeah, that kid that kid owned bones. Yeah, like highlight of the show, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very very good. Yeah. Um, the rest of the stuff. So we did our yearly karaoke party, which was always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there are like anything to say about that but that was very fun Mm -hmm. um let's talk about this year's haunted house yeah so i was disappointed Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so the past few years we have gone to a haunted house establishment in the basement of what is like veterans memorial arena yeah the moda center aka veterans memorial coliseum yes yeah like where they play hockey and shit right uh yeah, yeah. yeah mostly yeah. basketball mostly the, basketball. The trailblazers uh but yeah. the, the specific building might be the hockey building but yeah yeah so fright town used to be posted up there it was three different um haunted houses like different motifs however however they had incredibly good uh production values mm-hmm. yeah um it was it's a great haunted house it's my favorite haunted house i've been to mm-hmm. uh historically um and i guess they just didn't according to facebook there hasn't been a lot of um extra you know additional information but basically have just said they didn't make enough money to do it this year right which is always like i get it it's got to be really expensive Mm -hmm. at the same time like it's not cheap to go in and it was always packed at the gills oh yeah you always waited an incredibly long time like you waited a long time each of those people even with like the discounted pass or whatever spent like 30 bucks Mm -hmm. and there's you know hundreds and hundreds of people every night like it just seems like you know, it would make money. I'm not saying this to doubt them. It just surprised. I guess what my my point is, it's surprising how expensive this kind of thing can be. Yeah, yeah. It it, it, it seemed very successful. Yes, uh, and it and it didn't make it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they on Facebook they say they might come back next year. They're going to try to, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I don't know how that works if they don't make didn't make money this year. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like the kind of thing if you just stop doing it, you just kind of have to always stop doing it. Right, right. Because one year pays for the next. Maybe they'll Kickstarter or something. 
Um, and their place was a thing called the Beneath, um, which I'd seen advertisements for and similar uh, concept on the surface of three, three haunted houses in the same place. Yeah. So I was like, hey, folks, let's go do the Beneath. Um, and it was like this weird, low budget kind of version of the same thing. Like it was three houses, but there wasn't a concourse and none of the three were as good, even though there were a couple things that I liked about each one. Yeah. There was a lot of empty space, a lot of just kind of unremarkable yes. hallway where yep. there was not that much, um, kind of intention set to like, um, give you something interesting to look at or run from as mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. We weirdly, weirdly, uh, too spacious, weirdly well lit. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's because they did uh, some stuff like there was a circus themed one where they would have like balls fall and, and roll down a hallway. And like, you can't do that in the dark. Yeah. Terrible, uh, terrible so, like, hazard. Yeah. Really, weirdly well hit lit and pretty like uh, confused narrative stuff. Like Freytown, you know, haunted houses don't have good narratives traditionally or right. like coherent narratives, but the, uh, you have to keep it really simple. So like in Freytown, they'd have, it's like, Oh, this is a, a uh, abandoned warehouse that they found led to some caves that was like a witch's coven. Right. And the police are investigating it. And that's the story. Like, that's the extent of it. Here, there was like a hospital where like uh, a, a shipment came that caused or the, the doctors got invaded by demons and started doing experiments on the patients or something like that. Yeah. And it was just a just a haunted ho hospital. Like none of that stuff came through. Right. It was you know? just like, oh, there's some patients who are acting menacingly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yep. just it just kind of seemed like they like they 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 found a gurney and are like, well, let's make something with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when life gives you a gurney, yeah, make gurney aid. Cool. Um. The uh, so each one had a couple of things I thought were kind of okay. Um. The first one, not really. The first one is pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was the hospital themed one. I did not really care for that. Um. The second one was a scary mansion. And this one also had a confused narrative because it was like we were getting invites to a party. Mm -hmm. I was like, where's the party? Yeah. Like, why aren't there? There's no party theming here. <laughs> you know? Um, but that one I liked because it had a vestibule that was a scary library mm -hmm. where the guy just welcomed you into it and there was it, nothing happened. It was just kind of spooky. Yeah, it was it was the part of it that had the most uh, like the like the most sharpened set design. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. And the, the, uh, uh so I like, I like that. And then, uh, that one also had a thing that is possibly an accident, but I thought was super cool. <laughs> um, where some people were going against the, the river, like, uh, walking, you know, walking out and they just looked like people and they're going the wrong way. Like these things have exits every 20 feet or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can exit if you need to exit. Yeah. And then somebody like jumped out after that, like after two people came through and if that's intentional, that's super genius. Yes. Because we were like joking with the people leaving and it would like really set us off guard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. Uh, and then, you know, biggest jump scare I got was that, you know, after being set, you know, uh, at ease, somebody popping out there. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, and then the final one was like a haunted carnival kind of thing. Uh, yep. That was the one that had the, uh, that had the balls on the ground. Um, yep. And like the cool thing with that was they had, uh, they had somebody who uh, was blending in with kind of a wall. They had like uh, mm. black, like black light painted dots, and the person uh, was kind of camouflaged into it. Yeah, I, I I like that a lot. Even though I'd seen that before, mm -hmm. to, to my mind, the cool thing that one did was have the multiple actors as the same character. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was like like a tall like party clown character guy, and they just had a bunch of people dressed up as him, so he would come and talk to you, and then you know would not have time to get to the next space. You know, the actor could not have run over, but then he'd pop up somewhere else. And it yeah. gave you that feeling of like him kind of teleporting around. Yeah. 
Um, I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but largely disappointing and not cheaper than Fright Town. No, no. Pretty you much know? the same price. And and not a whole lot of people were there. Either. No, no. Like so this, like, the, and they were yeah. they were selling um that they, they were selling like a priority quick pass kind of thing, and we got in like right away. <laughs> yes. There was like nobody. Like, can you around. imagine if you bought that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. That is. Uh. That would be frustrating. Yeah. So so not a great haunted house uh, experience this year. I'm hoping right. somebody takes you know takes up the mantle. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that was like the last big thing, you know, we always do that on Sunday nights. Um, and then I go back on, uh, Mondays and mm-hmm. I came back and proceeded to be incredibly sick for like a week and a half. Yeah. 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 Which is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably about it for the weekend. So thank you know, thanks everybody again who came out and saw us. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks everybody who, you know, supports us, uh, which allows us to do these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not cheap. To, to fly across the country and eat for a weekend and buy this table stuff and right. things like that and and all that thing. So yeah, really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's just about everything. We're looking forward to the next one. Uh, we'll have <laughs> announcements whenever and wherever that will be. Yep, uh, soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, in uh, in the meantime, if you want to see see more of these things, um, if you head on over to uh, Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV mm-hmm. and throw us a couple bucks, uh, that is how we're able to do more of these things. We have a, a stretch goal to do a third one mm-hmm. during the year um you know and people often say like when are you coming to and then they'll n- name a geographic region mm-hmm. um a lot of times there's just again there's just fewer of these than we think there are right or then then maybe you, you know not that i think there are i've looked into it a bunch <laughs> then, then maybe if you're listening then then you think there are, is there's uh the way that can be productive and you don't have a responsibility to be productive but if you want to be productive about that don't say like hey when are you going to come to blank state like if there's a con you want to see us at, mm-hmm. let, let, let me know about it specifically because yes. I, I tend to do the, this part of it. Shoot that information to me, um, and then I, and then I'll look at it. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm always open to hear about that. I'll definitely investigate. It doesn't mean we'll definitely do it, but I'll take a look because there is like a certain amount of like, you know, we're not big cheeses. We don't need this to be huge, but we also want it to be you know not a, a hallway in a holiday you know or like a conference room in a holiday inn yeah, yeah. with four other people you know because we're trying to get foot traffic as we mentioned before yes. so yeah. uh, let me know please do um so next episodes we've got we've got two episodes about blood and wine the witcher 3 expansion that covers all of the witcher 3 stuff we're gonna do mm-hmm. yeah. yep and then we will have covered that complete game and no i'm not gonna play the gwent adventures no um yeah uh, like it's cool they they added a story mode to that, but I just mm-hmm. I can't play Gwent. No. Um. The uh and then uh, after that for all of December, Baldur's Gate two. Yes. So yeah. look forward to that. Please do. Um, it'll be fun. Uh, so we talked about the uh, the stuff you can do. You can go to Patreon, uh, help us out, uh, share with us any conventions that you might want to uh that we might uh, look at coming to. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's probably about it. So uh, until next time, who is Timbo's licorice dog? Ugh. Send him back.
this is playing in a club in Blade before Blade shows up to kill a bunch of vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Not upstairs in the champagne room, Riff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many cameras. Good God. Yeah, I know. We gotta get lots of angles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be the, the Watch Out for Fireballs live 3D experience. <laughs> once it's, I feel like uh, it should have brought like Nerf guns to shoot yeah, the Yeah, Nerf guns. Destroying. Squirt guns and like, we're gonna throw koosh balls at it and stuff. <laughs>